very much. Let's take our Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 11 this morning. If there's any young ones that would like to take advantage of the nursery, or should I say parents would like to take advantage of the nursery for their children, you are welcome to do so at this time. Deuteronomy chapter 11, please. Verse number 10. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 10 to 12. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 10 to 12 reads, For the land, whither thou goest in to possess it, is not as the land of Egypt, from whence she came out where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land, whither ye go to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. A land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. Let's bow for prayer. O God, we pray that you would teach us from your word this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask and pray. Amen. Note verse 12 one more time, please. It reads, A land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. The title of my sermon this morning is What's So Special About Israel? What's So Special About Israel? With our proposed tour to Israel in April next year, I thought it would be a good opportunity to not only answer this question, What's So Special About Israel? but also that this might be an encouragement to you to prayerfully consider being a part of this upcoming study tour to Israel. A trip to Israel is not so much a holiday, but uh, you will enjoy yourself. It will be a spiritual learning experience that will give you greater understanding of the Scriptures and the background to the events recorded in the Old and New Testament. Most of the events recorded in the Scriptures took place within this stretch of land known as the State of Israel, of which the Bible teaches us, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. 
a narrow land mass that you can drive from one end to the other. If you were to drive directly, in, you could do it in six hours. Six hours. A land mass that is at the crossroad for nations, from east to west, north to south. A land on which some 6,000 years of history took place. And despite the ongoing tension between the Arab nations that surround Israel and the Arab population within Israel, God has miraculously protected and blessed Israel as a nation. There is something very special about Israel. Our text here in Deuteronomy chapter 11 spells that out very clearly what God thinks about the land of Israel. See, here in the book of Deuteronomy, God is preparing His people to enter the promised land. And He reminds them of the toil they endured in Egypt. But He goes on to tell them he goes on to tell his people that the promised land is a land of beauty, a land of hills, a land of valleys. A land that I will water with rain from heaven. See, back in Egypt, you did your own watering. You toiled. But in Israel, I will water Israel with rain from heaven. See, God cares for the land of Israel. He watches over her. And as it reads there in verse 12, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. Note, from the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. God cares for the land of Israel. He watches over her because it is the abode of His people. His major workings and will be a land in which God will reign with His people and all those that are redeemed during the 1,000 year reign on the earth. So I'd like to just take a few moments this morning and just share with you and answer this question, what is so special about Israel? Why does God care and watch over Israel? Now my focus this morning, there's much that could be said, but I'm just going to focus mainly on Principles that are spelled out in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 9, 10 and 11. So what's so special about Israel? Why does God care for Israel? Why has God promised to watch over Israel 24-7? Well, the first reason I'd like to stress this morning is that God has provided salvation for all in and through the nation of Israel. God has provided salvation. God has chosen to provide salvation for all mankind in and through the nation 
of Israel. Note there in Romans, please. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. For the sake of time, note there in verse number 5, it reads Romans chapter 9, verse number 5. Whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Romans 9, 10 and 11 give us an overview of God's dealings with the nation of Israel. Chapter 9, the past. Chapter 10, the present. Chapter 11, the future. So concerning the past, we note here in verse number 5, there is a connection between Jesus Christ and the nation of Israel. And also note then verse number 33, please, of chapter 9. It reads, As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So what's so special about Israel? Why does God care for Israel? Why is God watching over Israel? Because God has chosen to provide salvation for all through the nation of Israel. See, Abraham is the father of the nation of Israel. And in Genesis chapter 12, God gave him a number of promises. God said to Abraham, I will provide for you a land. You will become a great nation. And you will be a blessing to others. Then within those early verses of Genesis 12, God went on to tell Abraham, I'm going to bless those that bless your people, Abraham. And, and I'm going to curse those that curse you. And then he went on to stress once again that all the families of the earth will be blessed in and through your people. What is this blessing? It is simply the provision of salvation, a Messiah, a Savior. God promised a Messiah, a Savior, to come through the line of Israel and he will provide redemption for all mankind. And God chose Israel, this Jewish nation, God chose Israel as the provider of a saviour for the whole world. And this is what chapter 9 of Romans, uh, of Romans is, is emphasising that fact. This promised Messiah, this saviour. Now go to Matthew chapter 1 please. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Note then verse 1, it reads, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, let's say it together, the son of Abraham. Look at verse 16, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born 
Jesus who is called Christ. Then go to verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The provision of a Savior, a Messiah, God promised in and through the line of Abraham. That's what makes Israel so special. God has provided salvation for all mankind through the nation of Israel. God used Israel as a witness to monotheism. There is one true and living God, Deuteronomy 6.4. God used Israel to provide the scriptures, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. But the blessing of blessings is that God used Israel as the channel for the coming Savior into the world to save man from his sin. Because note the wording there in Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, the book of the generation Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Our Lord Jesus was born in Israel, grew up in Israel, ministered in Israel, Fulfilled his purpose in coming within the land of Israel. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and God the Father chose the land of Israel as the very place to come, to die and to provide salvation for all mankind. So what's so special about Israel? that God has chosen to use the nation of Israel to channel a saviour into the world. Because the Bible teaches us that we are all dead in trespasses and sin. And we are in need of redemption. We cannot reach God. We are separated from God. So God was manifested in the flesh and God saw fit to provide a saviour in and through the nation of Israel. And when God said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to use you to be a blessing to the whole world, to the families of the world, I'm going to use you. And that blessing of blessing is the provision of salvation for all mankind. That's why Israel is so special. God cares for Israel. God watches over Israel. Israel. The second point I want to stress this morning is that today Israel as a nation is spiritually blind. She is spiritually blind to her need of salvation. Go back to Romans please, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Note then verses 1 to 4. What's so special about Israel? I'm glad you asked. God has chosen to provide a saviour in and through the line of Abraham. And the second reason why Israel is special, it's a special land, it's the abode of a special people, because today her present condition 
is that she is blind. She's spiritually blind, in need of salvation. Note the heart cry of the Apostle Paul here in Romans chapter 10. Verses 1 to 4, it reads, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. See, chapter 10 of Romans emphasizes the fact that Israel in the present is blind spiritually in need of salvation. Because she has rejected Jesus Christ, she rejected Jesus Christ as her Messiah, she rests in unbelief today and blinded to a need of salvation in and through the person of Jesus Christ. Through Israel, God has revealed the futility or the hopelessness of self-righteousness. And God used Israel to affirm that very fact because it reads there in verse number 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, they go about trying to establish their own righteousness. Their own righteousness. See, a person is saved from sin not by one's own righteousness, but only in and through the righteousness found in the person of Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul's burden for Israel is that they might be saved. And he stresses the fact that my people are in need of salvation because they are blind. They're trying to establish their own righteousness. And they won't submit to the righteousness found in the person of Jesus Christ. For the Bible teaches us there in Romans chapter 5, please. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It reads, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how is a person justified by faith and by faith alone? Not by works of righteousness which we have done. Note there in verse Uh, verse 5 of chapter 4 of Romans, please. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. It reads, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. See, God cares for Israel. Israel are a special people. It's a special land because God has provided not only a saviour in and through uh, the loins of Abraham, but secondly, today Israel is spiritually blind in need of salvation. And this is why the Apostle Paul cries out here in Romans 10.1, My heart's desire 
and prayer to God for Israel is that she might be saved, that she might realize that she cannot earn her own righteousness before God. It's only by faith in the righteous one, Jesus Christ. A person is saved by believing in Christ and accepting the fact that Jesus Christ died for sinners and receiving Jesus Christ as Saviour by confessing Him as Lord. Note then Romans chapter 10. In verse number 10 it reads, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Vast difference between that and verse number 3 to establish their own righteousness. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich, available unto all that call upon him. Then verse number 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friend, this morning we are saved by believing in Christ. What does that mean? Acknowledging that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. He was buried and he rose again. And understanding the fact that you and I cannot establish our own righteousness. We cannot earn God's approval in and of ourselves. So this is what the Jewish people are doing today. They're trying to establish their own righteousness. And the Apostle Paul is so burdened for Israel, he said, my heart's desire for Israel is that they might be saved. They will realize that they cannot earn or establish their own righteousness, but they need to submit to the righteousness of God found in the person of Jesus Christ. And apply it personally by inviting Jesus Christ to be Savior. Because as verse 13 reads, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So how is a person saved from sin? They believe. They believe that Jesus Christ died, was buried and rose again and they confess the Lord Jesus as their saviour. For with a heart man believes. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So it's no coincidence that these verses lie here in Romans chapter 10. The heart cry of the great apostle Paul for the nation of Israel. So salvation was provided in and through the Jewish nation. But also God used the Jew to take the gospel to the Jew. <laughs> I think of Peter on the day of Pentecost. He preached there in Jerusalem and 3,000 Jewish people were converted to Jesus Christ and baptized. And then Peter, a Jew, was used to reach a non-Jew in Cornelius there in Caesarea in Acts chapter 10. 
So God in his graciousness has provided salvation for all mankind in and through the line of Abraham. That's what makes Israel so special. But also Israel is special in the eyes of God because today she lies in sin and she is blinded to a need of salvation. Blinded. Israel as a nation today is blinded in need of salvation. Why? Because she has rejected she has rejected Jesus Christ as Messiah. See, on the 14th of May, 1948, Israel was reborn. A miracle took place. A miracle. The state of Israel was born. 14th of May, 1948. The fulfillment of countless Old Testament prophecies that made reference to Israel being scattered but restored into their land. You can read for yourself Ezekiel chapter 37, 38, 39, for example. And ever since the 14th of May, 1948, Jewish people from all over the world have moved back to Israel. In contrast to the rest of the world, where people are leaving their country of birth, Israel, Israelites, are returning to the land of their birth and ancestors, the promised land. Well, why is that? God's bringing them back into the land for a reason. So what's the attraction? I was speaking to a Jewish young man only a couple of weeks ago. He'd just come back from Israel. And he said he was packing up to move back to Israel. You know what he said? He said, there's a draw. I can't explain it. But I've got to go back. So this young Jewish man is selling up and moving back to Israel. Quickly look at uh, Ezekiel chapter 36. Are you still with me? Ezekiel 36, note verse 24. This verse should be highlighted in your Bible. It should be highlighted in your Bible. Ezekiel 36, verse 24. I made sure I highlighted it in my Bible. This is a miracle verse. Look at this. Where God said by the prophet Ezekiel, while in captivity, for I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all, let's say it together, countries. 
and will bring you into your, let's say it together, own land. There it is. That's why this young Jewish man had this something within him that he said to me is drawing me back. I just went back to visit my family, he said. But there's something within me that is drawing me back. That's God. I said that to him. It's God. Now, he wouldn't continue the conversation. (laughs) That's God. Because God said that he would bring his people back in the land even though the rest of the world, we have people from all nations of the world everywhere. Australia has no less than... 200 different nationalities, I'm told. And yet in contrast to that, we have Jewish people from all countries of the world moving back to Israel. A fulfillment of Bible prophecy before our very eyes. I know she's in unbelief. I know much of what takes place in Israel today and amongst the nation of Israel is not honourable to God. And the reason is because she is blinded in unbelief. But the nation of Israel, the land of Israel is God's. And God said, I care for my people, I care for my land, and I watch over them just like you and I as a parent can care and watch over our children, even though at times our children's actions are not pleasing to us. They are still our children, are they not? We still care for them, do we not? We still watch over them, do we not? They are our children, but they're not living in pleasure to their father. And so likewise, Israel as a nation today is in spiritual unbelief, not honouring her God. She's blinded. That's why the Apostle Paul said, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that she might be saved. And that leads us to Romans chapter 11. Go to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. So Romans chapter 9, the main emphasis of this chapter is that the Saviour has come in and through the line of Abraham. Romans chapter 10, Israel's present condition. Romans 9, her past dealings, the provision of a saviour. Romans chapter 10, her present condition. She is blinded in need of salvation. The apple of God's eye. God cares for Israel. And then Romans chapter 11. God has a future plan for Israel. That's the emphasis of Romans chapter 11. God has a future plan for Israel. God is not finished with her. Yes, she's been set aside in her unbelief and today God is using the New Testament church to carry out 
the work, his work. But God's not finished with Israel. Note here in Romans chapter 11, please. Look at verse number 1. I say then, hath God cast away his people? The question goes to be, has God fully rejected, disregarded his people? Has God said, I've had enough of your stubbornness? Enough is enough. Hath God cast away his people? Has God rejected Israel? God forbid. God forbid. Oh no. God's not finished with Israel. For I also am an Israelite, said the Apostle Paul, of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. The author of this book, the Apostle Paul, was a Jew, known as a Hebrew of Hebrews. And he came to that point in his life that he acknowledged Jesus Christ as his own personal Saviour and Messiah. What's so special about Israel? God has a future plan for Israel. God is not finished with her. Her salvation and the fact that she will reign with Christ and Christ will be her king, will be her king in the future is a promise we can latch on to. Look at verse 23, please, of Romans chapter 11. Verse 23, it reads, And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. In other words, God is extending his arm to his people. For God is able to graft them in. And now, what's this in reference to? Look at verse 26 and 27. So all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. Future salvation, future redemption. See, God has a plan for Israel. God is not finished with Israel, even though she is set aside at the moment in unbelief, she's blinded to a need of salvation she's blind to the fact that she cannot establish her own righteousness god said i'm not finished with israel i will deal with israel and one day israel will be saved that's what's so special about israel but before she can be saved she needs to be back in the land that's why there's this drive within men and women all over the world that are of Jewish origin, there is this drive to go back. And as this young man said to me, I'm not, I don't understand it. 
but I've got a desire to be back in the land of Israel because it's within the land of Israel. Israel as a nation will turn back to her God. And this is the emphasis of Romans chapter 11. See, the book of Daniel teaches specifically within chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, there are 70 weeks or prophetic years in which God will bring to a climax his dealings with the nation of Israel. And on the day of the triumphal entry, when Jesus Christ rode in Jerusalem presented himself as the Messiah, that was the completion of the 69th week. And God said, I've got 70 weeks. I'm going to complete my dealings with Israel. And when the Lord Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, fulfilling prophecy there in Zechariah, that was the fulfillment of, and the closure of the 69th week, 483 years of dealing, his dealings with Israel. But there's one more week to go. And then if you read on there in Daniel chapter 9, it talks about this week being a week of a peace treaty with Israel for one week. And when you compare... Scripture was Scripture. So 69 weeks have taken place. There's one week yet to be fulfilled. And in Daniel 9 we are told this seven-year period, this one week, will commence with a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. And my friend, when you compare Scripture with Scripture, you will see this period of time corresponds with a seven-year period of tribulation, judgment upon the nation of Israel, divided up into two, three-and-a-half-year periods, graphically described there in Revelation chapter 6 to chapter 19. And it's during this tribulation period, after God takes Christians from the earth, then seven years of judgment will fall upon the earth, those in unbelief. And this seven-year period, this one week, is known as Jacob's trouble. Why? Because it's when God brings to an end his dealings with the nation of Israel and brings it to salvation. For it's during the tribulation period that Israel will be brought to her knees and she will be saved and be a witness of God's saving grace to the world. See, this is the emphasis of Romans chapter 11, the salvation of Israel as a nation. Quickly go to Revelation chapter 7. Here in chapter 7 of Revelation, it talks about a great number that are converted during the tribulation period. And note in verse 4, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed, and hundred 
and 40 and 4,000 of all the tribes of Israel. So it's during the tribulation period that Israel is saved. Israel is saved by God's grace within this one week, this prophetic week, this seven-year period that corresponds to the tribulation period spelled out there in Revelations 6 all the way through to chapter 19. I've got some notes there in the foyer that you can take home with you that gives you a little outline of the book of Daniel and explains Daniel's 70 weeks. We don't have time to dwell there. But the point is simply this. Israel will not only be saved, she will reign with Jesus Christ during this kingdom age, 1,000 year upon the earth, with you and I that know Jesus Christ as Saviour. And it's only at that point that the land of Israel will be known as the Holy Land. If you go to Zechariah chapter 2, please. Zechariah chapter 2. In verse number 12, Zechariah chapter 2, get to Zephaniah, you're close, but not close enough. Haggai, then Zechariah. Okay? Note there in chapter 2, verse 12, and the Lord shall inherit Judah his portion. The Lord shall inherit Judah his portion in the, let's say it together, Holy land. That's when it will be holy. Israel today is not holy. We refer to Israel as the holy land, but she's far from holy. We admit that. Why? Because Israel is in unbelief. But when Israel is saved and Christ is king, it will be a holy land. So what's so special about Israel? Just by studying Romans 9, 10 and 11, you will note there's, we could say so much more. Just by studying these three chapters, they will spell out very clearly that the reason why God cares for Israel, the reason why God watches over Israel day and night, all year round, is because God has chosen to provide salvation through the nation of Israel for all. For all. And my friend, this morning, if you've yet to receive Jesus Christ as your own personal saviour, I invite you to receive Christ. To believe on him and confess him as your Saviour and Lord. God provided salvation through the nation of Israel. And Israel is special to God because she is like a wayward child whom she cares for, whom God cares for and loves. In fact, if we had time there in Zechariah chapter 2, verse number 8, she is termed as the apple of God's eye. 
I said to this young Jewish man a couple of weeks ago, I said, you are the apple of God's eye. Didn't get it. I said, you're special to God. The apple of God's eye. Beautiful term. And today she's wayward, she's in unbelief, she's blinded to a need of salvation and much of what takes place in Israel today is far from godly and Israel is not a holy land today but one day she will be a holy land once again. Israel is still the apple of his eye and God cares for Israel because Israel is like a wayward child that needs to come back to her father. God isn't finished with Israel. God has a future plan for Israel, which is her salvation. See, Israel is the home of his people, whom he loves and cares for and continually watches over, even though they are in unbelief. So don't get me wrong, just because we choose to love Israel because God loves Israel, we do not endorse what is taking place within Israel today because she's in unbelief. But God still loves her. Aren't you glad God still loves you when you walk in a way that's not pleasing to Him? Talk to me. Hey. God's love is everlasting. Israel is still the apple of God's eye. She is special. And God tells us she will be saved. She will be saved. Israel is where God was manifested in the flesh and walked among men to redeem sinful man in and through his sinless body. He came unto his own, his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. God's care and watchfulness over Israel is a fitting picture and reminder, a reminder for you and I that know Jesus Christ as Saviour, that God cares for us and God watches over His children. Because 1 Peter 5, 7 reads, Casting all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you. So God's care and watchfulness over Israel, his people, is a reminder for you and I that are in Christ that God cares for us. God cares for you. No matter your burden, no matter your heartache, no matter your brokenness, God cares for you. God loves you. God watches over you. God cares. God watches over.
And we see this illustrated to this very day over the land and the people of Israel. That's why Israel is special. Let's bow for prayer.